second listeners. It's Jacob, of course, and I have started a brand new podcast called The Wildcat Way, and it's all about Kentucky sports, especially basketball and football. Yeah, it's really cool. It's co-hosted by me, Jacob's brother, and of course, Jacob himself. Check us out every single Friday on every podcast platform. Stay on the path! Let's get back to the show! What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 46 of the Sports Card Second Podcast. Today, we are inviting on uh, an A-lister in the hobby, guys. <laughs> uh, just kidding. He's, he's just a normal guy. He, I mean, he's still, he's, he's kind of A-list podcaster. Let's just say that. The pod father himself. Thank you, John Newman, for that nickname. Eric Norton, how you doing? What's up, man? That's a big intro. Pod father, A-lister. It's uh, it's I'm I'm very humbled. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I I hope I hope I don't disappoint. I've, I've been built way up. Uh, well, I'm just glad to have you on the show. So uh, let's get right into it. I mean, this this may be a longer episode, guys. You never know. I mean, we have a lot to talk about. So uh, let's just start off with how did you sort of get into cards, and who did you, and how did you just sort of get to where you are now? Sure. So, um, my sister used to have a subscription to sports illustrated for kids. And that's what introduced me to cards is because if anybody's ever read sports illustrated for kids, they know that they have those perforated card pages that that you can pull out. In fact, there's some big rookies that have come out of those recently. Um, so that's what introduced me to cards. Uh, from there though, I worked my way back and, and like, 87 tops is the first like packs of cards that I can remember opening. So sports illustrated for kids obviously was, was later than 87 tops, but somehow I, I got a hold of a box of 87 tops. And that's uh, where I kind of really fell in love with, uh, with sports cards. So I have to thank my sister first for the, uh, the introduction with the sports illustrated for kids, but 87 tops is where it really, really started. And then okay. from there, from there, you know, it's just a, it's, it's, it's the same journey that everybody takes, especially if you're my age, you know, yep. we, you're collecting for a while, you get into it, you get out of it. And then uh, next thing you know, I'm working at Beckett. Okay. Yeah. It's basically, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, you got to give a shout out to uh, sister Norton, man. Got you, got you a big job at Beckett and you're in the cards <laughs> for life now. That's it. That's exactly how I mean, it, it uh, goes back to probably 90. 92 93 and then it's just it's just all uphill or downhill from there i guess it's really depends on how you look at it <laughs> yeah yeah all right so how did you sort of look into this job at beckett and like why did you choose this and just tell me sort of how you got to here sure um so um if anybody's ever listened to either of my, either of my shows, you, you, I've talked about this before, but I don't mind going over it again because it's kind of a cool story. Uh, I was in the military. I, I served in the army for eight years and uh, I did that and I got out and I started working for the Seattle Mariners and that was a lot of fun. I was working in professional sports, having, you know, living the dream. I, I, I knew I was never going to be an athlete, but I could still work in sports and I, and I was doing that. And then uh, I had, that was while I was living in, in Seattle, obviously, but then I had to move back home to Texas and I was <clears throat> working in the, in the freight industry, which uh, is not a glamorous 
job, but it was fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. It, but one day I was in a card shop and I overheard a, a customer uh, talking about working at Beckett and how they were hiring. And they were looking for people. And uh, I caught that gentleman on those way out. His name is Justin Gruner. He's he's actually still our football analyst. Uh, so he does all he does all of our football pricing. And I, and I said, hey, uh, I heard I heard what you're talking about. Uh, can I give you my number? in my email address. And, uh, you know, if, if you guys are, do have these openings, I, I would love to, to talk to you about this. And, um, you're, you know, you're a young man, so you don't know about, uh, the, the job letdown just yeah. yet in your life, but you know, that, that happens a thousand times a day. People make random interactions in, 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 in coffee shops or, or retail stores or whatever. And, they pat, they exchange business cards and then nothing ever comes of it. And that's what I, I honestly thought. That Guys, sorry about this. I had a uh, little uh, Wi-Fi cut there, but uh, we're right back at it with Eric North. Uh, had the interview uh, at Beckett. And then about three months later is when I actually started. So it was, it was kind of a long, uh, arduous process because I was nervous. I like, I really wanted this job. I knew I was qualified for it. But like I said, I had lied about it. I, I had told them that uh, I could do the coins. That we, at the time, we had a coin database, and we still have it. I don't know how active it is. But I was like, yeah, I could do coins. But knowing full well that I, I couldn't, I would have to learn on the fly, <laughs> and, which was fine. They hired me, and about six months later, maybe seven months later, they actually let me start pricing hockey cards after doing the coin, uh, the coin price guide for a while. Uh, okay. I will, I will tell you this as you're, you're 13, right, Jacob? Yep. Okay. So as a 13 year old kid, you need to immediately get out of sports cards and get into coins. Cause that's where all the money is. That, I'm telling <laughs> you that's, I, that's what I learned. I was at a coin show in Chicago and I heard an 11 year old kid ask his dad for a $10,000 advance on his allowance so he could buy a, a, a dime. <laughs> He, he, he asked his for a $10,000 advance on his uh, allowance. I was in shock thinking there's no way that this dad is going to give this kid $10,000. No and, way. And I was wrong. That dad paid for that coin. No. And, that, and, and I'm sure that kid has now oh. since worked off that $10,000 advance. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. He actually gave him the $10,000 advance. It was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. I could oh my God. To, like to this day, if I hadn't had seen it, we, you know what? It was right there uh, in this at the Rosemont Center in, where the National was. Okay. It, yeah. it, so it was just, oh, every time I'm there, I just think about that. And I'm just like, that kid <laughs> asked his dad for $10,000 and he just gave it to him. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts. I, I'm, I'm in shock. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what, what, Jacob, what <laughs> would happen? What would happen if you asked your dad for ten thousand dollars? He would he would fly me home on a one way jet. Good grief! Yeah, that's nuts. From the national, literally, <laughs> he just he just dropped two hundred dollars a super VIP ticket. And he was like, "Heck no, you're gone, buddy. You see ya." That's crazy. <laughs> ten thousand dollars. Yes. Good grief. That's yeah. okay. So, well. <laughs> I guess the, the the total part of that story is what you need to understand is the the dime the co the 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 total price of the dime that he was buying. I'm talking about a dime, a ten cent piece, was twenty two thousand dollars. So the kid already had twelve thousand, and he okay. was, he, he was yeah. asking his dad for another ten. <laughs> you already had twelve thousand. Just go buy a car, kid. Like really? what? 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, hey, look, guys, I'm into sports cars, okay? If I had $12,000, there is no way in the heck that I would be buying a car with that money. I would be buying a car. I would be putting a couple months of rent on my future apartment. Like, guys, just wow. Okay, that's that's just crazy. I, I, I'm kind of trying to be smart here and not go crazy overboard with my <laughs> money in the cards. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's a nuts situation to think about. But that's how it happened. <laughs> I I uh, I I was at that. I was that was the coin. I went to two or three coin shows and then uh, I started pricing ho- hockey cards at Beckett. And um, from there, I, I priced hockey cards for th- three years, I think, maybe four. And that worked itself into me now being the social media manager at Beckett. But I still I don't price cards anymore, but I still look at it daily just to see what's I mean, you kind of have to to see what's going on uh, and keep yeah. up with uh, everything that's happening in the market. Yeah, that's kind of why we have like the card ladder and all that because mm-hmm. there's so much stuff changing every day. It's it's crazy. I used to be able to use my Beckett, but now <laughs> now you have to uh, be on eBay and card ladder every day, seeing the ups and downs. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so I lo- uh, love talking about this with people. So, who do you collect, and what sports, what players? So I get asked this question a lot, and I mentioned it earlier. I work for the Seattle Mariners, and um, so I only really collect one player, and I don't. And I, it's kind of disappointing because uh, he he recently retired. It's Kyle Seager, but that's my dude. Okay. Like uh, he was a he had his oh, was a prospect. He was in the organization in 2010, which was the same year that my uh, my uh, second son was born. So I I started collecting Kyle Seager uh, in. It, with the idea that I would someday give this collection of Kyle Seeger cards to uh, to my son Eli, and Eli, God love him, he's more into comic books than he is baseball cards. So he doesn't really he doesn't really care much about the baseball cards, which is fine because now I have a nice Kyle Seeger collection. So <laughs> if anybody out there is listening who has some uh, Kyle Seegers they want to send my way, I'll definitely take them from you uh, <laughs> because now now that he's retired. You know, he, he's going to be one of those players that shows up in sets, maybe, you know, like like in a Topps archives or, you know, when they're doing fan yeah. favorites or something like that. He's not he's not going to be in sets, uh, you know, every set that comes out now. So uh, I that's what I that's who I collect. I do have some cards that like I just have because I love them. Like Sean Kemp, Sean Kemp Skybox, Scott, wow, Sean Kemp Skybox rookie. I love the I love okay. the Seattle Sonics. They're not around anymore, obviously. Uh, I have the, like. Any, any 87 Bo Jackson. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll keep that. That's like probably my favorite card ever. But the only co- the only player that I really focus on is is, is Kyle Seeger. So um, it's 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 him or nothing for me. And, and that's okay because that means I'm not spending <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars on other stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Seeger is uh, one of those guys that you can sort of spend 10 bucks a year and have a decent collection but uh hey that's kind of like me like i collect amir gary you probably never heard of him i mean he's well known for fighting the pirates but i liked him (laughs) before that so there you go yeah kyle seager (laughs) i'm I'm in probably like a 100 bucks a year and i'm good you know i'm good yeah 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 literally like you can get three one-on-ones with that like a grief it's it's easy it's really easy to collect those guys 
And uh, by the way, if you would like to get rid of your Kyle Seegers, email the show sportscardsecond at gmail.com and I'll forward it on to Eric and we'll see if we can work something out. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take them all. We'll make it happen. <laughs> all right. So um, you obviously kind of – you lived through the big card boom of the 90s. So what's it like seeing the 2020 card boom? It's uh... – <laughs> There, there's a song, second verse, same as the first. It's it's pretty much the same thing. Um, obviously, this second one is there's a lot more money in it, and I, mm-hmm. and and when I when I say that in the '90s there was a lot of money in it. Obviously, uh, you know you had, <clears throat> but it was different. You had Jordan, you know Kobe, Kobe's rookie, Jeter's rookie, but all those were nice, but they did not see the kind of prices that say Luca or Trey or Zion or Jaw, you know, they didn't, now they're seeing that kind of money, but at the time it wasn't as crazy as it was. So that, that's how I would answer this question is there's a lot more money involved now. And there's a lot more outside influence, obviously, because we just live in a different time because, you know, with the internet and social media, there's a lot more people who, who flock to Gary V or, you know, those type of guys, and there's nothing wrong with that, but they are definitely pumping and dumping this as, 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 as quick as they can. And that's fine that because that's part of the hobby, whether we like it or not. But it's something that, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, but that's why I kill up Kyle Seager. I don't have to worry about pumping and dumping. It's it's me just picking up this third baseman that used to play for the Mariners. I don't have, just like you, man, I don't have thousands of dollars to spend on, a, you know, on a Luca Prism Silver. I just don't. And that's fine, but some people do, and that's where we're at in the hobby. Yep. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like, I mean, sort of like, you know, the bow rookies and all that, like back in the day, yeah, that was a $50 card, and now we're here we where we break a record every three days with right. the high, uh, biggest card ever, whatever. So, I mean, it, it, there's just so much more money, but it's just how today's world is, so. Like a prime example of that is that Anthony Edwards nine uh, five yep. that sold at golden auctions over uh, over a couple a couple weeks ago is one hundred fifty eight thousand dollars for uh, it was a BGS gold uh, prism I think that's numbered out of ten and it sold for one hundred fifty eight thousand dollars that's the highest price mm-hmm. ever for an Anthony Edwards card and great that it's in a Beckett holder we love that but. It's Anthony Edwards. What has he done to to deserve to be? <laughs> and that's no that's no shot of the guy. He's playing in a league that I could only dream about playing in. But I don't think that he's worth a hundred. His cards are worth one hundred fifty eight thousand dollars. But I'm wrong because they're obviously selling for that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, guys, he's a second year player. Like, yeah, he's he's got the bounce. He's bouncing. Set probably top five bounce in the league. Maybe Jaw is better than him, but. I mean, he is a great player. I will give you that. He's going to be an all-star. But, guys, the cars that we should, should be selling for that much, and they are. I will. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are. But I'm just saying, Anthony Edwards should not be selling for 150000 Kobe, LeBron, Jordan, uh, Magic, like, stuff, people like that. Like, they should not – they should be the ones selling for that much and not no. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, those cards are – so, so when you see Anthony Edwards, that is now on par with those guys. With those guys, it's it's kind of disconcerting. But here we are, and we're going to weather this storm just like we do every other storm. Yep. 
Yeah, so, um, like I mentioned in the intro, I said you're the podfather, hence the John Newman nickname. Once again, a plug for you, Sports Card Nation. Not a sponsor. He's just a podcaster. But, yeah, I mean, he just has the best nicknames. I don't know how he does it. but uh, So, you sort of started one of the first or the first sports card-based uh, podcast. So, kind of walk me through that. So, uh, it's, I, I gotta, I gotta give love to, to Rob Bertrand first, because where, where we are now, where any of these people are doing podcasts now, me or yourself or anybody else, none of this would be happening without Rob Bertrand, because he, he was the original, uh, guy on sports card radio that was, God, what was it called? Cardboard connection radio. That's what it was. He was the he was the original guy in, in that team that he had, uh, just absolutely destroying sports card podcasts or in the like early two thousands that turn that turned from nineteen ninety nine uh, into two thousand. He was doing that, and he's been a lot. He's been doing it for a long time. I took I took what Rob modeled and just kind of built upon it. And uh, when when Beckett Radio. The, like there was a Beckett radio before I was there and it was good, but it was really like Beckett focused and which is fine. It should be, but I took that and what Rob does Rob modeled for us. And then I, I added onto it and you know, Beckett radio turned into the fat packs podcast and the fat packs podcast turned into Beckett life presents, which is, a you know, the webcast and it's, it's fun. I it's, it's, it's just, a passion that I have when I, when I joined the military, I, I did so because I couldn't, I couldn't pay for broadcasting school. I was, I had applied for broadcasting school. I, I got in, but I couldn't afford the tuition. So my whole goal uh, was to join the army and use the GI bill to pay for, for broadcasting school. And that didn't happen. I went to business school instead, but I started, I started, I got handed the podcast uh, at Beckett and, from humble beginnings, you know, we were getting like a hundred downloads of, of a month. And, you know, we, and we quickly grew that. Well, I didn't, I don't want to say quickly cause we put in a lot of work, but we grew it. And, you know, now it's, you know, I did, I think we did 320,000 downloads last year, which is great. Uh, but it's, it's a, a process that is not easy. You got to be committed to it and you got to be uh, just absolutely on top of your game and ready to switch up when you, when you can and when you have to, you have to be able to adjust. So uh, I, I love that. I, I appreciate that John has given me the name the Podfather. Uh, <laughs> it, it, Dr. Peck, Dr. Beckett's called me the Podfather. And I think it's funny. It's a, it's a humbling name, but I've always said, don't take this wrong. Like, especially in the last three years, if you wanted a podcast, all you had to do is have a link, a microphone, and like half an idea. You could get out there with a podcast. There's a lot of work. Yeah, it's true. On that. You know, it, it's just, it's a lot to take in and a lot to uh, to do on the back end. I mean, if you know this, you're editing a podcast right now. So it's not as easy as pushing a button and, and hitting nope. record. It, there's a lot of work that goes into it. So I, I always tell people that want to start podcasts, hey, that's great, but like, you should really know what you're doing before you jump into this. It's not, yep. it's not going to, it's not as easy as it seems. Yeah. Like right now, like 
as John Newman has talked about before with me and uh, Do- Dr. Beckett, a lot of my guests have talked about this. Like right now, like there's everyone has a podcast. If you, it, it's kind of like YouTube, like in 2015, like everyone has a podcast now. It's like you just go on Anchor, you go on Podbean, whatever. You just click three buttons and you've got a show, you got your cover art, and you've got everything. You're just, you're like, oh, now we can record and it's not guys is really not like that. Like if you, you got to be able to, you got to have a ton of information. Like it takes longer than you think. Um, you're going to want to get guests. That's can be hard sometimes, especially when you're my show and you have to beg people to come on. <laughs> I'm joking, but, uh, uh, but like it, it's a lot harder than people think. So take like be, re, be well, uh, research before you, Take, pull the trigger on any of this stuff because it looks easy because you just have to click three buttons, but it's really not that easy. Right. It, it, it's, yep. Yeah. It, you're, you're, we're echoing each other. It's a lot of fun. Yep. It's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. And then, you know, I think yep. that during the pandemic, you saw, I mean, when Rock, when, okay, I want to go back five years. Okay. And there were three podcasts. There were yep. three sports card sports card podcasts, maybe four. Now there are a hundred plus. That's yep. how much it's changed in just five years. And we all here's so here's a here's a thing for you to think about because you're a young man and you're doing this. This is great. So we're all kind of just regurgitating the same information over and over and over. So how you present it matters. Yep. Jumping yep. on jumping on and pressing play is easy, but if you're not doing a good job of, of how you're presenting your material, because we're all talking about the same material, then you're going to get lost in the shuffle and you're going to be podcast number 150 that no one listens to. Yeah. Yeah. That is honestly, that's something I never really thought about. Like that, that makes total sense. Like every single podcast right now is talking about fanatics. They have the exact same guests on because they're the same 500 guests. So everybody's had the guests on. It's just how you, how do you talk and how do you have fun with your listeners? <laughs> really, exactly. it, it's just how it is. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, so you sort of made the tra- uh, transition from Fat Packs to Beckett Live, yeah. not on purpose. So let's let's uh, talk about that. Yeah, that was just out of necessity. Uh, <laughs> let me. See, I, if I go back and think, I can get the the date exactly i think it was march 20th 2020 uh the dallas county commissioner shut down all dallas offices that were non-essential workers so uh, we we literally had to just take what we had in our hands and leave the office and i left all my podcast equipment at beckett like it's it's not close to where i live it's a good 45 miles from where i live to the beckett offices so I was I, I wasn't going back to get the equipment because I couldn't get in, and so we had to make the adjustment. We had, we had sponsors that we had to you know to honor our commitments to, and that that's really the essence of um, Beckett Live presents, or where it started, anyways. So those early days of Beckett Live presents, we were treating it almost like a like a Today Show or, or Good Morning America or something like that, an early news uh, situation. 
and we had production meetings every day. We had, uh, you know, a rotating guest schedule that we had to keep up with. And it was, it was a lot of work to go from podcasting to video. And to be honest with you, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. I didn't, I didn't uh, want, I just, <laughs> excuse me. I was happy with the podcast where it was at, but uh, the, the necessity of needing to change uh, was there and COVID forced our hands. So the fat packs went away and Beckett Live Presents was born and that's where we're at today. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I like it. I enjoy it now. It's a, uh, it's with last year and the year before we did three shows a week uh, in 2022, we're only doing one show a week, which is much easier on my schedule. Uh, because like I was just saying, we all booked the same guest and you know, you alluded to it as well. So now I don't have to try to book the same, the same people that everybody else is trying to book three times a week. I can do it once and be happy with it. And that's, that's fine. Yeah. So, uh, that's how Beckett Life Presents started and the fat packs went away. However, uh, you will still hear elements of the fat packs in Beckett Life Presents. I, I, the fat packs has a special place in my heart. Uh, so I always want to keep that around as much as I can. But again, the set, the, the, the necessity to change was there and that's, that's okay. So that's where we're at now. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy that you're, you just have done um, almost two years of a video show just because you left your podcast equipment at the office. It's that, yeah. pretty crazy. <laughs> That's you know it's, what? it's a crazy story. That's how it happened though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's doing like the same as, is fat packs almost. So, I mean, it obviously worked. It's, it's, it definitely worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, it, you're, you're right. And thank you very much. I just can't believe people want to tune in and see my ugly mug every night. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's why you had to make it one time a week so they could exactly. sort of have it, have a uh, cool down from the, that's why, that's why us podcasters, didn't leave our podcast stuff at the office because we don't ever not on our life want people seeing our faces Good grief. yeah we, <laughs> we all have faces for radio that's for sure <laughs> uh all right so i believe we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up we're about 30 minutes or so so hence the name sports card second so uh we are going to go ahead and wrap it up before we go I'll go ahead and plug everything you want to. So you can check uh, check out Beckett Life Presents on Tuesday nights at 7 Central. Now, with that being said, I got to say a caveat. It's typically at 7 Central, but my son just started basketball, so we're going to go 6 Central Tuesday nights for the foreseeable future until uh, his basketball season is over. Um, you can check that out on, on, on Beckett Media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It gets posted to all those places. And, of course, on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts, it goes out there as well. Uh, just come if you like my show is different. It's very heavily interviewed based. So we talk, we talk sports cards, but I, I do enjoy the interview. I think that you did a great job tonight, Jacob, by the way. So, uh, this is, this is kind of what you're going to get. If you like this show, you can come check mine out and we're going to talk to a lot of uh, guys in the hobby that, uh, you might not get to hear from every day. Uh, as, as we talked about earlier, we're not, I'm trying not to book the same 500 people that everybody else is booking. So. Uh, come enjoy that. And then uh, I, in your email, I don't know if I should say this or not, but in your email, you said that you were going to release this uh, 
on the 24th of January, which is my birthday. So happy yes. birthday to me. Oh, nice. Happy birthday. He gets a podcast episode with the greatest kids podcast of all time. Also, the only kids sports card podcast of all time on his birthday. I mean, wow. What what a day. That's that, that's a good day, y'all. Uh, yeah, that's a good day. I don't I don't know. Like, the only thing better is that on the 26th or 27th of January, I just get a bunch of Kyle Seager cards in the mail because people heard to hear. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that man, guys, like, you got to get this birthday guy, his <laughs> Kyle Seegers. Hit up the show, sportscardsecond at gmail.com right now and get your Kyle Seeger cards headed right to Eric's house. <laughs> Please and thank you. Awesome. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, thank you for joining me on episode 46 of the Sports Card Second Podcast. It's Jacob. It's Eric. Signing off. Keep collecting. Peace.